On a beautiful run through the park on a pleasant day, you can easily get lost. No, no, no! She didn't kill him. Huh? In your true crime podcast. It was the pool guy. So obvious. Whatever motivates you works for us. It's all about letting your run be your run. And Brooks is here for every runner, doing the research and sweating the details to create gear that works for you. It's your run. Brooks, run happy. Hello and welcome to The Ice Guys, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. This is the show that takes you to the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a sports friendly perspective. With pro handicappers Alex P. Smith, Andrew McKinnis, and Ian Cameron, and veteran sports writer Jimmy Murphy. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network, Tuesday, November 30th. Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, and Jimmy Murphy. And we'll have Andrew McGinnis joining us shortly as well, ready to break down the Tuesday uh, NHL card. We've got uh, eight games on tap, and we'll start it with the Washington Capitals taking on uh, the Florida Panthers. Uh, We've got Florida minus 130, uh, home favorites here, six the total uh, in this game. Uh, Definitely uh, lots of uh, injury uh, situations on both sides here to keep an eye on going into this game for the uh, Panthers. Obviously, they've been playing for uh, a while now without Alexander Barkov. Uh, Anthony Duclair as well has missed the last uh, couple of games, but uh, the Florida Panthers still, for the most part, you know, finding ways to win hockey games and playing good without Barkov until the last two games. And one of those losses came to this Washington Capitals team, 4-3 on Friday last week, uh, losing to the Capitals. And then on uh, Sunday, or uh, rather a stunning uh, turn of events, or Saturday rather, uh, against the Seattle Kraken, uh, the Panthers end up losing by a score of 4-1. to one. So a rare situation for Florida where they're entering this game off back-to-back losses. We'll see if they respond here. That was also the first home loss of the year for Florida uh, against Seattle on Saturday. So 11-1 and one now for the Panthers uh, on home ice. On the flip side, the Capitals, man, I'm impressed with what they're doing. Uh, eight and two, their last 10, three straight victories, one of those being against Florida. And then they beat Carolina uh, on on the road over the weekend, four to two. And they've done all of this without Connor Sheary. They've done it without TJ Oshie. They've done it without Nick Backstrom, who's been out for a while. Mantha's been out for a while. Uh, Justin Schultz on the blue line, still battling an upper body injury as well. So it's definitely been an impressive run for the Capitals that they've been able to not only win games, but beat good teams without some key players, you know, in the lineup for them. So it speaks to uh, volumes about, you know, Peter Laviolette and what he's been doing from a coaching standpoint and the buy-in and everybody stepping up throughout the lineup. That has clearly been on display here for the Washington Capitals uh, in recent games. I mean, you look at their bottom six now, they've got, uh, it's very thin, especially when you get down to the, fourth line. I mean, even the third line now is Haglin, Nick Dowd, and Garnett Hathaway. And then you get to this fourth line, you've get uh, you've got Beck, Malinston, Michael Scarbosa, and Brett Leeson. So you're talking about, you know, really testing your depth up front with uh, some of these injuries. And yet here's Washington, no problem. Three straight wins and six and two uh, in their last, or uh, six and uh, two, yes, in their last uh, eight games. So it's been impressive here, uh, this run by the uh, Capitals uh, as of late. It's a really tough game from a side perspective because I don't know if I love the prospects now Florida off back-to-back losses betting against them in this spot especially after losing uh, to Florida or sorry losing to Washington rather 4-3 on Friday 
Um, I think I would lean Florida here, certainly from a side perspective, but I'm going to talk about what I've talked about ad nauseum when the Capitals play the Panthers. And that's over, 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 over. I mean, it's really hard to deny it. When these two teams meet, the game just happens to be higher scoring and it goes over the total. It's hard to argue with facts and series history. Seven straight overs between these two teams. We saw 4-3 last Friday. I was on the over in that game. 5-1-1 one, and one to the over in the last seven here in Florida between the Capitals and Panthers. So that's pretty much what I'm on here is the over and stick with what works. A strong uh, series history that has pointed to one high-scoring affair after another. So for me, it'll be Florida and Washington uh, over six tonight uh, in this game. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Capitals, Panthers. Isn't it funny how just three, four years ago, the only people who were watching Florida Panthers games at home are the people who were getting paid to work during it. And now all of a sudden they've won 23 of the last 27 games at home. They finally do suffer a loss there, but uh, it's, it's become a house of horrors <laughs> for other teams. That's just this, this, you know, how hockey works sometimes. And now they're playing a Washington team that they've always played tough. Uh, these two teams are, are long-standing rivals for years. No matter how bad or good Florida's been, they've always been able to kind of hang around with Washington. Four of the last seven games have gone to overtime. Uh, the, of the three that didn't go to OT, two of them were decided by one goal. The last meeting, Washington got up to a lead, but Florida had plenty of chances. They made it a 4-3 game and had a ton of chances late to tie that game, uh, potentially. So I'm going to go with what I play with that same game. I'm going to go with the draw here at plus 325. That's another series history type of bet. It really is. I mean, seven, as you mentioned, seven of the last eight head-to-head meetings, one goal games, and many of those go into overtime or a shootout. So, yeah, that draw, and you can get, of course, north of plus 300 with that. This is one of those games it might be worth it to look at that draw uh, wager uh, between the Capitals and Panthers. And, again, uh, series history kind of dictates that. Uh, Jimmy, what are your thoughts here, Washington, Florida? Yeah, I'm right with you guys on goals, goals, goals in this game. These teams like to – light the lamp against each other right now. And look, you brought up Washington and, and what they're doing right now. I think, uh, you know, I, I mean, he's a common name that we hear in the Hart Trophy race, but I, I think maybe more than ever, Alexander Ovechkin right now is more valuable to his team than he's ever been. It's insane. I mean, he, he is carrying that team right now. And I think Laviolette deserves some credit with the coaching he's doing. But uh, what we're seeing from Alexander Ovechkin right now Maybe one of his best uh, performances and accomplishments, just taking a an injured, depleted team and, and really carrying them to some big wins and, and the top of the Metro division early in a division that I think we all agreed in the, in the beginning was going to be the toughest one in a, in a league or maybe one of. So credit to them. And and look, I, I like if I was going to do a side, I would go with the Capitals here, but I'm going to stick with the over in this one, guys. And I'm also going to take a first period over. All right, first period and full game over. And again, seven straight with these teams over the total, head-to-head, Washington uh, and Florida. I got to give credit to the Panthers defensemen, and obviously we know Barkov's out, but for Hagee, Bennett, Reinhardt, guys like that have been outstanding for Florida uh, during uh, the absence of their captain, uh, Barkov. And how about the defensemen? You talk about a defense that's not only improved in their own zone, clearly they've been one of the better teams in terms of defensive play, but in terms of chipping into the offense, it's amazing that they have three different defensemen here uh, for the Florida Panthers, double digits and assists uh, this mm-hmm. year. Uh, Gustav Forsling, uh, Mackenzie Wegar, uh, and Aaron Ekblad, obviously, you know, he'd be on that list, but uh, very impressive. This is a mobile, this is a very versatile blue line uh, for the Florida Panthers that could play well in both sides of the puck, both ends of the ice. 
you know, offensively chip in, be sound uh, in their own zone. So it's been impressive to see Florida operate with that blue line, much improved from years past. I think that's the difference maker with Florida now compared to maybe last year, two, three years ago, the, just the evolving blue line that has continued to get better. Uh, all yeah, right, Ian, I just say to with Florida there though, guys, keep an eye on this as a trend. I mean, they're, Last I checked, they were basically 500 since Quinville was, had to resign. And you wonder how much – I agree with you on the defense there, but how much has the team defense suffered and, and they're played through the neutral zones, yep. specifically the, the forwards getting back, yep. which is something Quinville would harp on and, mm-hmm. and doesn't seem to be the case right now since Brunette took over. So uh, Florida, I don't – right now, I don't know if I, I, I can legit call them a bet-on team – as much as we used to, I, I think there's something missing there and whether that's, they got to figure out who the right coaches and get them in there because maybe it's not Burnett or whether the team leaders got to get together and get back to basics there, but they've been very sloppy through the neutral zone and a team like Washington could burn them with that tonight. Yeah, that's a good point there. And I'll just to confirm that what you're saying here for the season, the Florida Panthers 2.57 uh, goals per game allowed. You parse out the last 10 games for Florida, 3.1 goals per game allowed. So there's a spike, definitely. Yeah. Uh, when you talk about the shorter term, I mean, for the year, 2.57 goals against per game, that's right up there with, you know, some of the best teams in the NHL defensively. But the last 10 games, north of three goals per game allowed. So you definitely are. They'd be without the goalies. Yeah. This isn't on the goalies that this spike is going up. This is the team in front of them. So. You know, keep keep riding these overs with them, but be careful if you want to bet Florida. Yeah, they're definitely not the not not as good defensively. Really, you can trace it back. I think to you're right. Oddly enough, Coach Q uh, having to you know forcing uh, forced into resigning pretty much, uh, and then uh, Andrew Burnett taking over. So there has been a little decline in terms of the goals against numbers for the Florida Panthers. So it'd be interesting to monitor that for sure moving forward. Uh, all right, Detroit Boston. We've got Boston minus two twenty. Home favorites, five and a half the total in this game. Uh, the Boston Bruins, of course, uh, we know Brad Marchand is out for this game for the uh, Bruins. That is the uh, headline news suspension, uh, three-game suspension. So he won't be eligible to be back until a December 8th game uh, against the uh, Vancouver Canucks. Uh, they're off a 3-2 win against the aforementioned uh, Canucks uh, in that uh, performance on Sunday night. We'll see if they can uh, keep it going here against Detroit. But I'm saying this right now. You take out Brad Marchand, and the uh, the plan B for Bruce Cassidy is going to be elevate Taylor Hall uh, to the top line tonight alongside. Now that would be for Joe Sacco. There is no Bruce Cassidy today. That's right, for the COVID issue, right? Uh, he's got uh, COVID-19. So this is a assistant or a coaching staff decision, I guess, especially Sacco, who's going to be the acting head coach tonight uh, without Cassidy there. So it's going to be Taylor Hall. Uh, with Pasternak and Bergeron on the top line. I don't mind that. And like Taylor Hall can fit onto that line nicely, but here's the issue. The issue is what the hell is going to, what are you going to get from the third and the fourth line? Charlie Coyle, to his credit, has stepped up. And Craig Smith, you know, being back is going to help the second line a little bit with Felino. But my gosh, you're going to, what are you going to get from the third and the fourth line for Boston offensively? I mean, it just thins out the lineup without, without um, Ber- uh, uh, Marshawn tonight putting Hall on the top line and he, he's probably the, the right choice, but now what are you going to get? If you don't have Coyle and Smith who have shown you a little life offensively lately going tonight, what the hell are you going to get outside of the top line right now for the Boston Bruins? And it fits like a glove and it's exact direct, you know, result in the, the, not the stuff we're seeing off the ice now with DeBrusque. 
You know, Jake DeBrusque is one of those guys that the Boston Bruins have just said, we need you as depth scoring on this hockey team. We need you in that role. And he just hasn't been able to step up in that role consistently. And as of uh, the current line combinations at Morning Skate, you got DeBrusque with Howla and Lazar right now on the fourth line going into this game tonight. And of course, the rumblings that and his agents mentioned it publicly, he wants out, they want to engineer a trade. And now there is a trade market opening up for Jake DeBrusque. So, you know, there's all kinds of issues right now for Boston. And I'm looking at this price here, minus 200 against this Detroit team that all they do is work their ass off and try hard and uh, battle teams. And they've actually won two in a row against St. Louis and Buffalo. I'll tell you what, the St. Louis victory was impressive. And I know Buffalo has been not very good lately, but still got a 3-2 win in overtime in that game. You look at before that, they had a tough road trip, but played Vegas, played Dallas, who have played better hockey lately. Uh, during that uh, little skid the Red Wings have had. So this is definitely not a spot I'm looking to lay minus 200. In fact, I'm going to bet small Detroit here at plus 190 uh, in this price range. I just think with everything that's going around right now with the Bruins, we know consistency has been an issue. Now, I did say on the weekend, you know, when they play after they lost to the Rangers, that they beat they lose to the good teams and they beat the bad teams. And so that would have you thinking the pro- maybe they beat Detroit tonight and obviously they're favored big time to do so. But with all the issues swirling right now, with Detroit now two wins in a row uh, after a little bit of a slump themselves, I think you could do much worse than take a small flyer at the very least here with the Detroit Red Wings here at a big plus price, almost getting plus 200 in this game. And that's precisely what I'm going to do. Alex, what do you think here? Red Wings, Bruins. Yeah, I mean, I'm no way I'm taking that price of the Bruins, but I would go and take play Detroit first period. Uh, money line at plus 165. It's just a little bit safer because Detroit has struggled uh, against Boston over the, the years. They've lost 14 of the last 17 meetings uh, between the two clubs. And obviously, you know, if we're going to see any kind of, of positive uh, I- impact with, you know, the next man up mentality with, with Marshan being out, it would be in this first game. Now, they might feel that a little bit later in those two or three games. Uh, and, it, you know, I, was, I mess- messaged Jimmy last night and I've been actively lobbying for this. You got Jake DeBrusque, who's been scratched. In Chicago, you got Dylan Strom, who's been scratched, a guy who could definitely would be a great fit right now to fill in in that top role or second role because he's been getting these horrible fourth-line minutes and doing nothing in Chicago. Those two need to be traded immediately for each other, in my opinion. So that's something that hopefully maybe the GMs can get a, a you know, Get 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 that together and make that happen. But uh, I would look for Detroit first period money line. That's the only thing I would, I would play. I don't like anything with the total. All right, Detroit first period here uh, for uh, Alex with the uh, Red Wings uh, and the Bruins. And I like Lucas Raymond, goal scorer prop tonight uh, in this game for the Detroit Red Wings. We know this hasn't been the same shutdown, lockdown, Bruin defense and blue line. We've talked about this just incessantly all year, all three of us, especially Jimmy and I, uh, that it's not been the same Bruin blue line defense in front of their goaltending this year. And Lucas Raymond, uh, he is one of those offensive uh, dynamos right now for the uh, Red Wings. Points in three straight games, goals in two straight games, four shots on goal in the last two games. So the 19-year-old right winger for the Red Wings, Lucas Raymond, goal scorer prop. I'm going to bet that here in this game tonight as well. Uh, Jimmy, what do you think here, Red Wings, Bruins? Well, what I think, guys, one thing I'll note, too, just to keep an eye on with the Bruins, not just tonight. I mean, the reason Jake DeBrusque is back in the lineup is because of what's going on in Providence. Providence has had to shut down – uh, operations in the AHL right now. They have 11 people on co- 11 players and coaches on COVID protocol. 
Uh, and you have to think with some recent call-ups. Uh, it's filtered through to the parent club. Yeah, it, It's yeah, kind of 100%. filtered through it. And Cassidy's yeah. the perfect example. So there's something coming. There, There's likely an outbreak coming with the Boston Bruins. And I think the Bruins, uh, for the remainder of the week, with the turmoil that they all of a sudden – look, I'm not going to compare it to the Montreal Canadiens, but they've had a heck of a 24 hours. I mean, Brad Marchand suspended three games. Jake DeBrus requests a trade, and your coach goes on COVID with likely more COVID issues to come. They become, to me, a bet against team for the rest of this week, at least until Marshan returns. Because we're going to see now, you know, too many people around the NHL are hopping on Marshan and a suspension and still calling him a dirty player. And by the way, I think that suspension was complete fucking bullshit. Excuse my French. But, I mean, look, was it a slew foot? That's to be argued. Yeah, I, I lean towards the yes on it. But how can you let P.K. Subban get away with three of those and only fines? Not even a hearing. Right. Uh, and, and then turn around and do because this. Because you know the perpetrator was. That's, that's because there's a bias against Brad Marchand. And he doesn't yep. get the respect he deserves. He's the MVP of the Boston Bruins. And you're going to see it in the next three games when I predict that they lose all three. I'm on the Detroit Red Wings on the money line. And I'm going to ride against the Bruins for the rest of the week. They are a mess right now. The only thing I would look at in terms of goal props on the Bruins side. I like your Raymond pick on Detroit. But with the Bruins side, I mean, hey, Jake, if you want out and you want to you wanna get traded soon, this is your chance. He's in there only because of that COVID outbreak. If they were able to call people up, he would have been sitting in the press box. But he now gets the opportunity to instantly increase his trade value and sell himself to scouts. And I'll tell you, there was 13 scouts there in the last game on Sunday. There's going to be plenty more tonight. This is his chance. So maybe a goal sc uh, scoring prop for Jake DeBrusque at plus 400, I'm seeing, uh, would be a smart move. There we go. Uh, that this is, and sometimes this is the night where Jake does do something, you know, when he's basically been uh, ridiculed publicly and, you know, he's benched a healthy scratch the other night. And we've seen this before. He has scored in these spots before, Jimmy. We've seen this from Jake, you know, when he's all of a sudden reprimanded yep. or benched and then he comes back in and he scored. So, uh, it's not the worst spot in the world, especially to take a price like that. And you can get Lucas Raymond around plus 300 uh, in most spots. So a very good price there as well for the, uh, uh, for Raymond of the Red Wings. Yeah, and you know, guys, too, you, great point by you that he does respond. The problem is he'll respond tonight, but then he'll go 10 games without scoring. That's right. He yeah, does that one game, response, yeah. and then that's it. You know, he thinks that's enough. Look, I love the kid. I think he's a great kid, and I wish him nothing but the best. But um, in my opinion, he is where he is because of himself. Uh, and I guess you could say because Don Sweeney's an idiot and drafted him ahead of Matthew Barzell, but that's a whole different story. I'll say this, too, about uh, this would be a good time, you know, uh, to have a chat with your old man if you're Jake Louie. What am I doing wrong? And what can I help? You know, either talk to a guy that played in the league and, you know, maybe get some advice from Popsy there and see. Yeah. I was very impressed with uh, Bruce uh, Cassidy's just, you know, how forthright he was talking about. The blunt assessment. Saying, yeah, yeah, blunt assessment saying, you know what, when things are going for him, he's, he's great. But when th the puck's not going in for him, he stops working. He the sells. work ethic's not the same. He's not doing the things away from the puck that he should yep. be doing in terms of defensive responsibility and defensive principles and all that kind of thing. You know, laying the body, being a physical presence, just those extra intangible things to help a hockey team. They go away for Jake DeBrusque when he's not getting the offense to go in for him. Uh, and yep. I thought Bruce Cassidy saying that was just – and that's the thing. It's just about you can't be so mentally weak that in this spot, you, you got to keep playing that same way, all both ends of the ice, doing the other things. You do the other things when you're scoring. You do the th other things when you're not scoring too, because they help you. 
they help you. They help you become a better team and they help you become a better player. And I thought Bruce mentioning that was pretty telling. Yeah, circle back to Martian though, guys. I mean, how did Martian get to where he is right now and become the star he is? It's exactly, he did exactly what you just said. He didn't sulk. He just kept working. He figured out ways to get around his his size, you know, deficiency there, we'll say. Uh, He's a small guy. He figured out how to do it and he played two-way hockey. And obviously he had one of the best guys mentoring him in Patrice Bergeron, but you know, why, why is DeBrus not trying to uh, learn from them? Why, why is he not applying what he can see every day in practice there on a more consistent basis? And I, I just, you know, look, I, I don't know whether it's just a, a, a generational thing, but it seems a lot of players, the younger generation right now thinks, Oh, well, it's not going well here. I'll just request a trade because somehow it's just, you know, where he goes is going to make him have a better work ethic. No, what's going to make him have a better work ethic is him. And that's not going to change until Jake DeBrus decides it changes. Yeah, and it's, it'll be interesting to see how this uh, unfolds in terms of the uh, pending trade that will eventually. Obviously, I'm with Alex. Make that trade happen. Make it happen. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I, think that, I could also see him going to Seattle, though, guys. Keep an eye on that because. Uh, yeah, I've heard Ron that, too. Yeah. yeah, Ron Francis was at the game the other day. And Appleton the other way is what I'm hearing. that they're Yeah, yeah they're talking Appleton. that. And then. Yeah. Speaking of Stroms, uh, his brother's available in the Rangers too. So maybe yeah. there's a, it could be a Strom for uh, DeBrusca coming from New York too. So we'll see. Yeah. Uh, Roland in our chat. Yeah. I don't, I wouldn't, I would never say don't bet Dylan Larkin to score a goal in a Detroit game. Uh, he's obviously one of the, the captain, one of the guys you would count on for offense. So uh, I don't hate that Roland liking Dylan Larkin to light the lamp tonight for Detroit. All right, next game up is San Jose and New Jersey. We've got New Jersey minus 135 to minus 140. Home favorites, five and a half the total in this one. Uh, Jack Hughes back for the uh, New Jersey Devils, the big story going into this game. Obviously, he's missed uh, a lot of time due to that shoulder injury, dislocated left shoulder. has kept him out for a long period of time. He's back tonight for the uh, Devils. Obviously, that's a huge boost for them uh, going into this game against the uh, San Jose Sharks. A 5-2 win for the Devils uh, on Sunday night against the Philadelphia Flyers. I was able to cash a best bet on the show with the over uh, in that Devils-Flyers game on uh, Sunday night. I would lean over here, but be careful with that and be careful with New Jersey. I know... People see Jack Hughes is back. We got to bet New Jersey here, and they've done that. The betting markets have pushed this up from minus 120 to minus 140. But a lot of times we've, we saw this with Pittsburgh. They got Crosby back. They didn't win that first game with him back. We've seen this a lot with you know just this assumption that they get the star player, the best player, the best forward back, and it's an automatic W. It does not work that way. And I don't want to disrespect San Jose and what they've done, particularly what they've done uh, on the road. They've been, you know, at times a, a solid road team this year, the uh, San Jose Sharks. They have a winning record, 6-5 and five, uh, away from home this year, San Jose. They've got James Reimer in net, who didn't have a good game against Toronto uh, last Friday night, but that was more the Leafs just with their skill and their talent, and they're rolling right now, and they got the Devils running around uh, in their own zone, and I thought that was more of the team was shit in front of James Reimer that night than that James Reimer was bad in net against the Toronto Maple Leafs. And sure enough, Bob Budner said, don't worry, we just needed to give him a rest, give him a break. They didn't play well uh, in front of Reimer against Toronto. We're putting him right back in net against Chicago on Sunday night. And what happens? He blanks the Blackhawks in that game, uh, 2-0, a much better performance from the whole entire team, not just uh, James Reimer uh, in net defensively. And on the road, we've sort of seen San Jose adopt this tighter checking, you know, really try to win lower scoring games and take care of our own end first 
especially when they're on the road. So that's why my lean to the over is probably just going to stay that way, uh, a lean. And look, I, I understand Jack Hughes being back is significant, but now at minus 140, I'm not going to take New Jersey at that price. So it's a game I'm going to end up uh, on the sidelines and passing. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Sharks, devil. Yeah, there's better spots on the board tonight, so I don't have really much of anything to, to say about this game. Obviously, watching to see how Hughes performed uh, the first game back will be big, but other than that, this is, this is a pass for me. All right, Jimmy, anything for you? San Jose, New Jersey. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, guys, I, I'm kind of interested in this game. I mean, I, I wouldn't have thought, you know, coming into the season that on uh, whatever date it is, now November 30th, uh, you know, I would – want to maybe switch the channel sometimes during the intermissions or the commercial breaks on the Bruins game to watch the San Jose Sharks and the New Jersey Devils, but credit to them. They played some exciting hockey and, and both teams are kind of overachieving here. And I think we could be in for a good game here, guys. Uh, I like the over in this and I'm going to take the Devils on the money line as well. All right. Liking the Devils and liking the over again, that's where I lean side and total, but uh, I, I, I always don't love that feeling of the automatic, you know, that it's an automatic with the, uh, with your one of your best players coming back, but we'll see here uh, what if the uh, Devils uh, they should get a boost. Uh, we'll see if they can get the uh, win. But really, for the Devils, what's been good is they've had Andreas Janssen uh, and among others really step up offensively during the time without uh, Jack Hughes. You know, Dougie Hamilton's been scoring goals from the blue line. We've talked about Dawson Mercer a bunch. Uh, Jesper Bratt has been pretty good lately as well for the Devils. So that's been the key is they've had other sources contributing in Jack Hughes' absence. All right, next game is Columbus-Nashville. We've got Nashville, minus 155 home favorites, five and a half the total uh, in this game. Uh, the Blue Jackets, you know, there's another one of your surprise teams, 12 and seven, uh, the Blue Jackets uh, this season, although they did fall to the St. Louis Blues, six to three uh, in their last game. Uh, but uh, prior to that, they had won five of six, uh, beating Detroit, Arizona, Buffalo, Winnipeg, Vancouver. Now, one concern is not a lot of great teams in that a list of victories for Columbus, but still you play who's on your schedule and the Jackets have played well uh, during that span. They're the youngest team in the NHL. Very interesting Columbus that uh, nobody's uh, younger than them in terms of the roster top to bottom uh, in the NHL, but uh, definitely a team that, you know, with that youth and that I, I find with the fact they're the youngest team, but they've got a lot more speed. They've got a lot more offensive instincts now, and it has really shown uh, throughout their lineup with what they've been able to get. Uh, offensively uh, as of late you know Oliver Bjorkstrand's been uh, very very good for the Blue Jackets uh, as of late for them uh, you know in terms of scoring goals uh, after an early season slump uh, Jack Roslovic has been pretty solid for them offensively lately of course uh, Voracek Jenner they've had uh, different guys stepping up now most nights for the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets and I've been impressed with them uh, offensively you look at the last four games they've scored three goals or more in all four games and they have tallied 20 goals in the last four games combined uh, this Columbus Blue Jackets team so I'm impressed with what I'm seeing from them Nashville's kind of going the other way I was waiting for this to happen just licking my chops just chomping at the bit waiting for Nashville to finally regress because I'm like there's no way this freaking team is keeping that up the way they were uh, you know early in the season, October into early November. Well, now they're just two and four uh, in their last six games. Definitely struggling a bit more uh, at this point in time. Uh, now, granted, Toronto, Vegas, and Colorado, three good teams for some of those losses, but uh, you're starting to see Nashville come back to the pack just a little bit uh, going into this uh, game here against the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. Um, when I look at this matchup here, I think, I think you could do worse than take a shot with the Jackets here. 
uh, on the road as an underdog plus 140. And look, from a totals perspective, believe it or not, we got to look at Columbus as just this over machine at the moment, 10 and 2. Uh, in their last 12 games to the over. I mean, that's pretty uh, remarkable. You would not expect that from Columbus, yet here we are. And you look at series history between these two teams, 11 of the last 16 have gone over the total. So that's what I'm on as well, over five and a half and a shot with the Jackets here as road underdogs. Alex, what do you think here, Columbus, Nashville? Yeah, same kind of thought process. I'm going with the over five and a half. That's something you've been cashing left and right with, with uh, Columbus 10 and two the last 12 and including uh, five of the last six on the road. So this is definitely a spot where uh, in Nashville, you know, like I said, it's one of those environments where, you know, a team can come in and, and you know, you can feed off of the crowd or let the crowd take you out of it. I think they're going to feed off of that crowd. So we'll see some back and forth goals. Nashville's finally getting some consistency of offense going to time. So five and a half, that, that's a decent price. I'm going to go over. Yeah, no look now. They're actually six and three to the over. Uh, in their last nine games, the Nashville Predators. So, and again, Duchesne, we've criticized Duchesne, but Duchesne's been really good uh, of late for the Nashville Predators. He's been, you know, back to the Duchesne, at least signs of the Duchesne uh, that we've seen in the past with Colorado in particular, way back early in his career. Uh, but he's been a lot better and much more of an impact force uh, for the Nashville Predators at the offensive end of the ice. Uh, Jimmy, what are your thoughts here? Columbus, Nashville. This is one of those games that I don't have a feel on, guys. Uh, but if I was looking at it, I would look at a first period over for sure. All right. We move on to Tampa Bay and St. Louis here. St. Louis minus 130. Home favorites here. Five and a half the total uh, in this game. Uh, Lightning and Blues. Uh, the Lightning coming off a 4-2 loss to the uh, Minnesota Wild uh, on the weekend. Uh, we'll see if they can uh, bounce back here. And uh, I, I bet the over in that game it cashed. And I lean Minnesota. I didn't bet it, but I should have. I mean, I thought it was a pretty good situation for Minnesota. They had just lost in a shootout recently to Tampa Bay down in Tampa uh, and a situation where now Minnesota back home uh, and um, they got the job done 4-2 against Tampa. All of a sudden, here's Tampa Bay. They've gone over a little bit, 3-2, and two, uh, or sorry, 4-2 and two to the over in their last six games. We'll see if that continues here uh, against St. Louis. Uh, they are off a 6-3 to three win against Columbus. But here's a St. Louis team, guys, right now that I simply really am, am not willing to trust here, you know, to win two games in a row. They've kind of got that Montreal Canadiens syndrome. And we saw it again with the Habs last night, totally and utterly incapable of winning two games in a row. And we're kind of seeing that with St. Louis. They've Lately, it's been they have that good performance, and then they just stub their toe and take two steps backward. Uh, in the very next game. So difficult for me to lay a price here with St. Louis, given that uh, track record here. But the one thing you have to keep in mind is that the Blues have actually played the Lightning very well uh, of late. Four straight head-to-head -head victories for the St. Louis Blues uh, over uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning. So we'll see if that continues. Lightning just 1-7 and seven in their last eight games here in St. Louis. That does concern me, uh, and it does concern me too, that uh, not that Brian Elliott isn't capable and he is facing a team that he used to play for, but uh, obviously Andre Vasilevsky, he is not uh, in between the pipes for the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. So that would concern me here. I will bet over five and a half. That's probably the stance that I like the most here uh, in this game rather than either side. So for me, it would probably be a look toward Lightning Blues over five and a half in this one. Alex, what do you think? Tampa, St. Louis. Yeah, what's well, an interesting spot because you've got a Tampa Bay team coming off of a loss. It was a flat spot against Minnesota, something that – We've historically tracked. Uh, I don't think they're going to have as nearly as good of a time in, in waiting in St. Louis like they did in Minnesota. So with that being said, I'm looking at Tampa Bay here. They're a great team to back off of a, of a loss. 
uh, playing a, a Blues team that has actually lost six straight off of a win. Uh, he said that the inconsistency for the Blues continues. And also with Brian Elliott in net going against his old team, he's actually done pretty well. Six and two with a 2.9 goals against average uh, in eight starts against the Blues. So uh, we're getting a plus price now as it was picking, you know, about maybe a couple hours for the show. I'm going to take the plus money with Tampa Bay. And I'm also going to go first period over one and a half minus a dollar 15. I think we'll see some goals scored early. All right, so the first period over one and a half here, Lightning Blues and also Tampa Bay. Uh, you can get them at plus 110 to plus 115 right now. Slight road underdogs uh, in this game. And I'm with you. I would only lean Tampa. I would only look to Tampa Bay from a side perspective here. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to bet it, but I do lean Tampa Bay here. I definitely would trust them off a loss more than, as you mentioned, a Blues off a win where they just haven't been good stringing back-to-back quality performances together uh, as of late. Uh, Jimmy, what do you think here, Lightning Blues? I'm with Alex on this, and I'm going to take it a step further. I like the uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning and regulation to give me a little more value there. I think they take care of business here. Just a, a better team in my eyes. Yeah, plus 155 uh, to plus 160 with that in-regulation bet for uh, uh, for the Tampa Bay Lightning here in this game. So definitely getting uh, pretty solid value uh, with that one. And uh, there's a couple things I wanted to mention here. I was just about to say there is one – player I wanted to mention here for the uh, St. Louis Blues just because of how insane the goal scoring clip has been for him throughout most of the year and now he's starting to he's definitely firing the shots like you wouldn't believe on goal not haven't hasn't gone in as well lately but he finally got back on the score sheet against Columbus with a goal and that's Jordan Cairo uh, of the St. Louis Blues so there's a goal score prop potentially to look at here from a St. Louis standpoint uh, in this game tonight between uh, those two teams. By the way, I wanted to mention one for the Nashville game. I forgot to earlier. Uh, Ellie Tolvanen for Nashville. Uh, this guy is got. It's one of those products of a of someone that's getting a million shots on goal. Of course, I'm exaggerating, but you know what I mean. He's getting just a ton of shots on goal, a ton of chances, and the puck is just not going in for him. We know that at times last year for Nashville, he was one of their best forwards. He was one of their most consistent offensive producers last year for a while. So I think at some point. The, the dam is going to burst here for Ali Tolvanen. He's going to find his way uh, onto the score sheet again. I know it's been a, it's been a rough, rough, you know, goalless stretch. I'm not saying tonight you for sure bet his prop, but keep an eye on it. I mean, when you're firing three, four, six, three, two shots on goal like he has in the last few games and the puck's not going in for you and you do have talent like he does, eventually at some point, you know, the puck's going to go in for you. So, you know, just keep an eye. Something to look at betting, but I think the moment he scores, then you really bet it because you know what it's like with those, you know, upper echelon players and those guys with great skill and ability. Yep. When they finally snap the goal drought, uh, then they go on a little bit of a run and the goals start to come in in bunches. You might see that for Tolvin and with uh, Nashville uh, once he finally gets out of that slump. Uh, so keep an eye on that for sure. Um, all right, next up, we've got Arizona and Minnesota. Minnesota minus 360. Uh, home favorites, five and a half the total, six in some spots. So make sure you shop around uh, because that total is uh, a split line based on what book you're looking at. Right now, it's a it's a bit of a hazard to lay minus 360 with anyone against Arizona at the moment. This team is playing more competitive hockey. They've played a lot of one-goal games lately. And sure enough, thanks to the absolute heroics of Karel Vamelka <laughs> last night for the Arizona Coyotes, uh, they stun the Winnipeg Jets by a score uh, of one nothing uh, in that game. He was absolutely remarkable uh, in between the pipes for the uh, Arizona Coyotes last night. Just to put his performance in proper uh, perspective, 
and what we saw uh, last night, and it, because it was. He was uh, terrific in that game for the uh, Coyotes. The Jets had a th- uh, 39-13 edge uh, in shots on goal, 27-9 scoring chances in favor of the Jets. Oh, and expected goals in the game, 3.2 for Winnipeg, 1.01 uh, for Arizona. Uh, it was just absolutely ugly. Amen. That, that tells you when you look at those three numbers, you're like, how did the Jets not win that game 5 1 yeah. or something? Yeah. Uh, and sure enough, they end up losing one. Night. But pop, props to Vimelka. He played well. The puck just wasn't going in for Winnipeg. Arizona even blocked a lot of shots. The, they hit a post or two. There were a couple chances that we you know there was stopped in for great saves by the goalie. There were, there, there were pucks that were lying in the crease that, you know, they tried to jam it in and they just couldn't get it through. I mean, it was just everything but score for the Winnipeg Jets. But credit to Arizona. And at the at the end of the day, they are playing better, more competitive hockey. But this is definitely a troubling spot. You got to believe it. Back to back on the road, going to a rested Minnesota team that plays very well here on home ice here at the XL Energy Center. And like I said on Sunday's show, the offense has been excelling, you know, in their home venue the uh, for the Minnesota Wild. It continues to be that way. I mean, this team is just an offensive dynamo. Uh, on home ice this year, you look at overall 3.62 goals against, or sorry, goals for this year for the Minnesota Wild, 3.6 goals per game. But you flesh it out and you look at just the home numbers, 4.56 goals per game on average for the Minnesota Wild at home this year. Uh, just a remarkable run uh, for the Minnesota Wild offensively. And it's translated in totals for errors for Minnesota on home ice. It's one of the best bets going seriously in the nhl right now minnesota overs on home ice eight and one to the over this year for the minnesota wild uh, on home ice you got to believe that's where i'm going uh, in this game i was on it with tampa uh, on sunday in minnesota and we're going to ride it once again here again eight and one to the over and i think i've probably cashed six or seven of those eight overs this year with minnesota on home ice i've been on a bunch of them so for me it's coyotes wild over five and a half and i'll give you two goal score props the, the, the resident Wild fan, Terry Edelman, is on to it. Uh, Ryan Hartman to score a goal, absolutely. He's feeling it right now for the Wild. And Fiala as well, because this is someone that should be seeing the puck start to go in for him. I mean, the chances he's getting are insane. 69 shots on goal, 21 games this year, 15 points in 21 games. You know, And Coyotes still, even after the shutout last night, their bottom-tier defensive team for the year in terms of goals against. So I think for Fiala, Kind of like with Tolvin in Nashville, the puck's going to go in for him sooner or later. Got to be tonight, maybe. Arizona team, back-to-back on the road. Tired defense, probably Wedgwood in net after Vimelka was in last night. So uh, I think this could be a good night to maybe look at some goal score props. And another thing that helps the over, Kapo Kakinen uh, in net for the Minnesota Wild tonight. And I'm not a big fan of his play. Uh, it hasn't really been great since uh, the second half of last year 3.31 goals against 870 save percentage this year uh those aren't the kind of numbers you like so uh, i think we go over the total here with the coyotes and wild alex arizona minnesota yeah i'm all over the over in this i grabbed small because i thought it was odd to see uh six this morning i saw over six at even money so i grabbed it but i played it small because i figured the five and a half would pop up it did popped up minus a dollar 25 i hammered that and then it went right back up to six so i, I got you know, opinions for both. I like it to go way over both totals. I like the first period over. I got that minus a dollar fifteen. Uh, somebody was mentioning about the team total. Obviously, you'd have to lay like north of one forty or one fifty. I would wait and get that adjusted in game 
you may not have a lot of time for that because the Wild do kind of score pretty fast at home. So in the same way you'd wait for a first period over to come down a little bit, maybe wait a couple minutes, wait for that first whistle and grab the team total over. But look at what uh, – this is just the last nine Minnesota wins against Arizona. So they're 9-1 and one the last 10 meetings. 5-2 win, that was about a month ago uh, in Arizona. 4-1 Minnesota, 5-2 Minnesota, 5-2 Minnesota, 3-0 Minnesota, 4-1 Minnesota, 4-0 Minnesota, 5-1 and 8-5. All those wins have come by exactly three goals or more. You wanted to take that prop, you can get plus 275 a place offshore. I don't know if it's going to be exactly three goals, but I think the moral of the story here is that Arizona, after giving up 46 shots and having uh, the performance of a lifetime by Vimelka, they give up 40, 45 shots and get outshot by a three-to-one margin here. It's going to be all wild all night long. So uh, Minnesota should take care of business, and I like the over full game, and I like the over in the first period. I'm looking at it because, look, I'm looking at the puck, and it sounds like you're setting up Jimmy Puck line here for Jimmy on a tee for this game with all, all those stats you mentioned, all these wins by margin uh, for the Minnesota Wild. The problem is the puck line for Minnesota is minus 1.5, minus 140 uh, in this game. It's not the greatest price, but I'm looking at it, Alex, and I'm seeing a, a three-goal win, a three-goal win, a three-goal win. A, why don't you try minus 2.5? You know, go a step further. This could be a night to give that a shot. Uh, Minnesota minus two and a half here in this one. And I'll bring up the uh, price of that right now uh, for everybody listening and watching. Uh, that would be minus two and a half plus 125. So there you go. You finally <laughs> turn a puck line into a plus price and it takes minus two and a half goals to do it. So I, I, I might add that Minnesota minus two. It does feel like a smackdown spot, to be honest. And uh, the dam bursting for Arizona after they could have easily, you know, as you mentioned, give up, get, given up four or five goals last night. Uh, against the uh, Winnipeg Jets uh, in that game. Uh, what do you think here, Jimmy? Arizona, Minnesota. Yeah, I mean, that puck line just doesn't have enough value for me to take there. Um, but I'm with you guys. Give me the first period over and the over total. All right, first period and full game over uh, for uh, Jimmy in that and, one. You know, I'm going to throw one more in there. Give me the sure. give me the over uh, on the team total for uh, Minnesota as well. All right, that one, by the way, is uh, three and a half at uh, minus one forty to minus one fifty. Got to lay a little juice, but I would uh, say yeah, you could. But you, like I said, you could find that adjusted in game too if you don't want to lay one fifty. That that nice. will drop down to about one twenty five or something, and if you wait maybe three minutes into the game. Yes. Yeah, exactly. That's uh, that's definitely uh, something you can do. And again, just like with all of these bets involving totals and especially period totals, we've talked about it. In game totals, whatever the case may be. You know, you wait for those first five minutes of a period, and if you can at least get through that without any action, without any goals being scored, it's amazing the better price you can get. It really is. I mean, it's just just a couple of minutes is all it takes, and you can get a much better price, certainly, with those live in-game wagers. All right, before we get to the last two games uh, on this uh, Tuesday card, I will talk to you about DraftKings, uh, or, of course, great partners here at the Ice Guys and THPN. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Uh, you'll be a winner with a single point scored. New customers who bet just $1 on any team to score can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. If DraftKings Sportsbook isn't available in your state, you can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $1 on any team to score and win $100 in free bets. If they score, 
You score with promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL and, of course, the NHL as well. Must be 21 years of age or older. Must reside in a DraftKings Sportsbook state. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Download the DraftKings app now. Sign up for an account and use the promo code THPN. All right, next up, we've got Carolina and Dallas. Uh, Dallas has actually moved toward being the slight home favorite here, minus 110 to minus 115, uh, the total five and a half here in this one. Um, the Dallas Stars, I'm going to give them a lot of credit for the playing well. They're playing their best hockey of the season, bar none. It's not even debatable. Uh, it's been a good stretch, six and one in their last seven games. Uh, this team has now won five consecutive games on home ice. Um, so they've turned it around and they've played some much better hockey Dallas. And really it all started with that whole, you know, just this feeling of the team was things were falling apart. They had the players only meeting Rick bonus, the head coach addresses the media and says, everybody relax. We know what the problem is. We're going to fix it. And really it was from that moment where you traced it back to this little surge that the Dallas stars are on and they played a, a lot better. Uh, Rupe Hintz has been uh, outstanding 11 points in the last nine games for him. Of course, Ben and Sagan, it's amazing. Those guys decide to play, you know, and those guys decide to show up. It's amazing how much better of a hockey team the Dallas stars become. Uh, and you would think, geez, this looks like a steal on Carolina. But before you say that this team's banged up on the blue line right now, really significantly. And that's the concern. And I think it's hampering them a little bit. You know, you look at these last few games here for Carolina, especially the last couple they've played, you know, they've given up seven goals in their last two games combined, three and a half on average per game against the Flyers and in the loss against the Capitals at home uh, on Sunday. And now that's three losses in the last four games uh, for Carolina. And it's a team that going into this game is without multiple defensemen. D'Angelo De uh, is out. Uh, Brett Pesci uh, is out. And of course, Ethan Bear is out. Uh, due to uh, COVID-19 issues as well. So uh, it's just all kinds of uh, abs key absences right now uh, due to COVID-19. And uh, Brett Pesci, uh, reliable. D'Angelo was a little bit more of a wild card, but uh, certainly and Ethan Bear was playing well before his absence. So you suddenly look at the back end for the uh, Carolina Hurricanes on defense going into this game, and it becomes a lot more patchwork. I mean, once you get beyond the great top pair that they have, uh, of uh, Jacob Slavin and Ian Cole, Brady Shea. And then all of a sudden, you got a lot of youth be in the uh, bottom two pairings. In fact, Jalen Chatfield, Max uh, Lajoie, uh, in terms of the 5'6 uh, defenseman. Uh, Brendan Smith's had to come in the lineup, the veteran, because of the injuries on the blue line. So uh, there are some concerns here with Caroline on the blue line. And we've seen them start to give up a few more goals. And I'll say this for Dallas, a big reason why they're winning more games too is because the offense is seeing the puck go in the net for the Dallas Stars, their last five home games, three, four, four, five, and five, their last four games overall, three goals or more. So I'm going to do a Dallas Stars team total over two and a half in this game. Uh, something a little bit different. I think that's where the value is. I don't want to take Dallas money line. I have too much respect for Carolina as a hockey team, especially at a price now where they're a slight road underdog to actually take Dallas on the money line. I feel more comfortable where I think we can get three goals out of Dallas. They've been scoring three goals routinely lately, and I don't have to worry about Carolina put it, uh, winning the game or Dallas winning the game. I can just focus on 
the depleted Carolina blue line right now, and a Dallas team that offensively has played better lately and scored three goals or more uh, in the majority of their games. So that's what I'm going to go with in this game. We'll take Dallas team total over two and a half. You can get that in the minus. You got to lay, lay a little bit of a price, minus 145. Um, but I think it's a good chance you can see three goals tonight from the home team. Alex, what do you think here? Hurricanes and Stars. Yeah, I, I totally understand you, you know, laying the the, the bigger price and, and playing a little safe with the, the three and a half over. But I'm going to go with Dallas here on, on the money line. I got a minus a dollar ten. You can find a dollar five pretty much everywhere. I think this is going to be a, a good spot for Dallas. They're in good form playing against a Carolina team that's not in the best form. And they've had some crazy travel as of late, too. Uh, that whole, you know, they were on the West Coast. Then they bounce all the way across to play Philly at the end of the road trip. They do get the win there, but then they come back home, uh, lose the Washington 4-2. Now they're missing some defensemen. They haven't, you know, basically the COVID cluster injuries uh, with that blue line now. So, like I said, they're depleted on the back end. Dallas finally is finding some offense and playing well at home. Uh, I think this would be a, a – I haven't – I don't think I've bet on Dallas money line all year long. But this will be the first time I do it, so uh, I'm going to play it at a pick and price. All right, like in Dallas here on the money line. Uh, yeah, I think it's a you're right, tricky spot. You think about the West Coast travel, and then you go to Philly, then you go home, and now you're going on the road again. You have that one home game, you're back on the road again if you're Carolina uh, here. Um, so it's it has been a rigorous travel schedule lately for the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, Michael makes a great point in our chat about that Minnesota game. The combo bet, I've done this with Florida earlier in the season, Florida and over five and a half. If Florida wins and the game goes over five and a half, we cashed. And we had a couple of those where uh, you were able to win that way. Uh, Michael in our chat saying Minnesota to win and over five and a half against Arizona is also a good combination bet. And you can get that at a plus price in most books. I'm going to see the book that I usually bet that at. What it, you can, Yeah, plus 120, plus 125. You're right in that range. Minnesota to win and over five and a half. Uh, against Arizona at a plus price. That's terrific. I'm I'm putting that on the card. That's that's value right there because I definitely think Minnesota's winning. Uh, and we mentioned the eight and one to the over on home ice, and it's only five and a half. So that's a terrific combination bet. That is terrific value. Win or lose, that's terrific value. Minnesota to win and over five and a half plus one twenty to plus one twenty five against Arizona. That is phenomenal value in my mind. Phenomenal. Good find, Michael. Uh, in our chat here. Uh, Jimmy, what do you think here with this one? Uh, Carolina, Dallas. Yeah, I'm with Alex here. Makes some great points. Both you guys are right now. It's a great spot for Dallas right now. So I'm going to take them on the money line as well. And I'm actually going to do the over in the first period with this one as well. I see them jumping all over that depleted defense very fast in that first period. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I was disappointed too. Another thing that kept, why I decided team total instead of, um, with Dallas instead of the money line with them is because of uh, Braden Holpe being in it. I want Ottinger in net when I bet when I back Dallas more than anything. Yeah. I thought about that too. I wanted Ottinger because that, and that's the thing I, I've, I've been talking about it the last couple of days. I mentioned it with Buffalo, but if there's ever a time where there should be listed goalies on the, it should be Dallas because they're carrying three of them right now. But I look at Holpe's numbers against Carolina, and, and I posted in the chat, not that bad. 16-7-1 with a 2.15 goals against, 9.31 save percentage, and two shutouts. Of course, he's familiar playing that Carolina team over the years with his days in Washington. So it's not exactly the the worst uh, you know goalie swap in the world. I'd feel more comfortable with Holtby than I do Kadobin right now, but I'd rather have Ottinger than both of those guys as well. 
Yeah, uh, you know, and he's, he's been better lately, Holpe, I'll say that. You know, he struggled early on, but actually 2.54 in his last eight starts, so he's been better. He's trended in better form, uh, and that's no disrespect to Holpe, and like a, a solid option still. Um, but man, I think with this young kid, Ottinger, playing the way he's played for the Stars, you got to keep playing him. I mean, 1.26 goals against average, 959 save percentage. His last start against Colorado on Friday, that 3-1 to one win against the Avalanche, he was magnificent. Ottinger in that game outstanding you know so I think you've got to keep if you got to keep giving him the opportunity as much as possible uh, in between the pipes if you're at Rick Bonus for this Dallas Stars team all right final game Anaheim Los Angeles uh, freeway face-off if you will uh, LA minus 120 to minus 130 home favorites here five and a half the total uh, in this game uh, certainly look Anaheim LA last year was just, you know, a shit show. Nobody wanted any part of watching these two teams go head to head, but Kings now are starting to get a little more speed, a little more exciting team to watch. And, and the, certainly the Anaheim ducks have been that way, uh, in, uh, this year with the emergence of Trevor Zegras and Troy Terry and look out for Jamie Drysdale, who's going to be outstanding on the blue line for a long time for this Anaheim ducks. You know, this is an exciting team to watch, believe it or not. It's true. I've seen now Anaheim play. Uh, a bunch of games this year. I've watched them a lot. They've got way more team speed. They've got way more of a transition game and a rush chance sort of game than they've ever had before. It was never that way. You go back way back, even when Randy Carlisle was coaching the Ducks to champion to the championship, they played that heavy style, just muck and grind, and just basically you know cycle the puck in the offensive zone. Not a lot of creativity, greasy goals, garbage goals play good defense, get great goaltending. Now you got these guys that can make plays with the puck, great passers, great vision uh, on the ice, outstanding up, upside and ability and skill. Uh, that's not been a product of the Anaheim Ducks in years past, but they've got more of that this year with this group. And uh, they are struggling a little bit coming into this game, one and four in their last five games, bit of a downward trajectory for them a little bit. But you look at the losses, one was Carolina, one was Colorado, one was Toronto. Uh, in their last game on Sunday night. It's really no shame in any of those losses, to be honest with you, against teams of that caliber. It's a tricky game for me. I mean, L.A. had lost five in a row. They finally get off the schneid. They beat Ottawa 4-2, although Ottawa's not exactly playing good hockey. They've been a, kind of a mess since returning from their COVID pause. The effort's been there, but the defense and the goaltending is, hasn't been. You know, we talked last week. D.J. Smith was saying, can I get a save? He was going the John Tortorella route with his goaltending in Ottawa. So I don't know if you want to get too excited that the LA Kings snapped their losing streak against the uh, Ottawa Senators. I think at this price, I could only back Anaheim here uh, in this one at a small road underdog price. I haven't made up my mind whether I'm going to, but would certainly lean Anaheim here uh, at a small plus price in this one. Uh, no opinion on the total either way. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Ducks, Kings. Yeah, I took a shot here with Anaheim uh, plus the dollar ten. Like I said, LA is just in, in poor form right now, and said you can't put much stock at all into them beating Ottawa to end that streak. Uh, he said the way that, that Ottawa is playing right now, uh, you know, Anaheim's a, a much better team than than we thought. Honestly, like, you know, we thought they're going to be one of the doormats of the league, but they like I said that young talent starting to blossom. Uh, Gibson, when he's on, he's he's one of the best in the world. He's still just kind of just you know mid range right now. 
But Anthony Stolarz, who could, you know, and that's the thing we haven't seen the confirmation yet, because he, you know, they play the, the, tomorrow in Vegas. So we might see a Stolarz sighting. He's actually been really good as a, as a backup. He's beaten me a couple times where I, I kind of, you know, had ridden this guy off, but uh, I, I had to bump his ratings up a little bit. Uh, he, he's become one of the more formidable backups in the league right now. So uh, even w- if it is a Stolar start tonight and then a Gibson start tomorrow in Vegas, I still feel comfortable with Anaheim getting the win here and what's a heated rivalry. All right, Alex, like an Anaheim here, you can get them at around plus 110 uh, in this game right now uh, in L.A. And by the way, he, because he's only been called up to the team recently uh, for the uh, L.A. Kings, you know, you may not see a situation where he's going to be listed on the uh, – the player props uh, right away, but keep an eye on this. And he shot the puck a ton uh, in the game against Toronto and even in the Ottawa game as well. Sean Dersey, uh, the defenseman here for the LA Kings. I mean, someone to keep an eye on. He's an offensive uh, dynamo from the blue line, moves the puck well, has a good shot uh, from the point. Uh, and we already saw him score a goal uh, since being called up to the LA Kings. So there's someone to keep an eye on here in terms of uh, props moving forward. I'm looking at a few books. There's not many that have them uh, listed. So, and again, sometimes it takes a couple games of them being in the lineup for that to happen. But uh, moving forward, Sean Dursey player props for the Kings for, uh, might be something to look at uh, going forward. Jimmy, any thoughts here? Anaheim, LA. This is the Jimmy Pass, guys. All right, there it is. Nice and short and sweet right there. Jimmy Pass for uh, Jimmy with the Ducks and the Kings. All right, great stuff. Great show. Breaking down the Tuesday NHL card. Uh, Thanks to everyone for joining us live on YouTube and those that download and listen to the podcast as well. We thank you for joining us here uh, on the Ice Guys. We'll wrap up now uh, with best bets as we always do. Alex, we'll start with you. What do you like for best bet? Let's head out to St. Paul. We'll go with the Coyotes and Wild. First period over minus $1.15 is my best bet tonight. All right, Arizona, Minnesota, over one and a half, minus 115 in the first period. Best bet for Alex B. Smith. Uh, Jimmy, what do you like for best bet? Like I said, guys, don't ever call me a homer. Give me that best bet being the Detroit Red Wings, big underdogs on the road in Boston. All right, a big dog with the Detroit Red Wings, plus 190. uh, Best bet uh, for Jimmy Murphy, Red Wings, to get the upset uh, against the Boston Bruins tonight. The uh, beleaguered a little bit Boston Bruins missing Marshawn. And, of course, what's going on with DeBrusque with the trade rumors flying. So uh, Detroit plus 190 for Jimmy with his best bet. Uh, my best bet for this uh, card tonight, oh, boy, it's a, it's, it's an interesting decision. But uh, I'm going to roll with um, – Alex did the first period over. I'm going to do the full game over with Arizona and Minnesota uh, over 5.5 minus 125. Um, you know what? Actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make it the combo bet. Give me that call. I love that combo bet. Yeah. I mean, thank you, Michael, for mentioning that to me. I mean, to me, Minnesota's winning this hockey game. I'd be oh, yeah. shocked be, beyond belief. And back to back on the road after the just the, you know, they, they gutted that one out against Winnipeg that Arizona's going to have anything in the tank tonight. We know Minnesota's been an over machine, eight and one to the over at home. I think it sets up great for Minnesota. They played good hockey all season on home ice. Minnesota to win an over five and a half plus 120 is the price on that. That is an outstanding price. That's what we're going to go with for best bet. The combo bet right there, Minnesota wild to win and over five and a half against Arizona plus plus one twenty. That is going to be uh, my best bet for this uh, Tuesday NHL card. All right. That'll wrap up this edition uh, of the ice guys. We thank everybody in the chat uh, for joining us. 
Uh, a reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Download the Ice Guys podcast whenever you can't watch the show live. For Alex B. Smith and Jimmy Murphy, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Tuesday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow on Wednesday for another edition of the Ice Guys presented by the Hockey Podcast Network.